the Sharks limp into the all-star break, nursing a 500 record on their just-completed road trip. All in all, goaltending very solid throughout these these games on the road trip, and we'll be breaking all that and more down with you this evening. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and interact with us, follow us on the social media channels, that being Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, of course, YouTube chat, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course, all the shenanigans that goes down in the Discord. Find everything, all of that, and more at tealtownusa.com. Well, I'm pleased to be joined by Mr. Ian Reed. How are you doing, sir? Where do you even start? 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 Well, let's go ahead and let's break this one down. Uh, The San Jose Sharks, I thought, did a very good job in that first period containing uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, I think after the first five minutes of the game, I kind of let my breath down a little bit. Um, because, uh, you know, honestly, I had PTSD going into that first period. I thought, oh, dear Jesus, we're going to have another one of these. Because, quite frankly, they got they got pretty shell-shocked in that first period. Uh, shots would be 7-9 to nine in that first period, but it did feel like Tampa was kind of, uh, you know, it was kind of pulling the string along, you know, with the, with, with the Sharks there, and, and you could just see that they were on their game. Um, Ian, from that first period, was there anything that stood out? I mean, was it was it a case of a depleted Sharks team going up against a, just a highly, you know, highly skilled team, or maybe had a little bit to do with fatigue or looking forward to the to the break? Yeah, I think for both teams, like the the start of the game kind of had that last day of school feeling to it, right? Like you know, it's like yeah, we have to do, we have to get through this, but we know what's on the other side. Um, I thought, you know, I, I thought the Sharks played well enough in the first. I think Tampa, I, we've seen Tampa be more dominant than this. Um, and I think as the game progressed, I think one team took the, you know, went into a completely defensive shell and the other team kind of just was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think, you know, at that point we we had really seen that it was a uninterested Tampa team and a and a San Jose Sharks team that was just holding on for dear life. Going into that second period, uh, we'd get some scoring pretty quickly, right off the bat, a minute and thirty two in. Anthony Anthony Sorelli with his thirteenth on the year. <clears throat> Excuse me, point okay. and uh, McDonough with the assists there, and um, I mean this one to me, you know, you you look at it and and just kind of reviewing it in real time here. I'm kind of seeing a little bit of defensive breakdown. Um, I'm seeing uh, the guys kind of, I don't know, just kind of lose track of Sorelli kind of, kind of at the goal, at the goal now. Yeah. I mean, if you, you can't lose defensive coverage if you don't take a guy, right? Like if you don't, if you don't take a guy, then you can't blow defensive coverage. I mean, it's genius, genius. <laughs> That's why they pay us the big bucks, ladies that's, and gentlemen. That's it. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I admire the fact that they just decided they would take no one, and then that way, hey, well, who was your guy? I don't know. I didn't have a guy. Yeah, and um, 
I guess. I, like, you know, the guy that I think I'm I'm singling out right here is Andrew Cogliano. He's just got to he's got to bust his ass going back because, you know, Burns is trying to pick on the inside guy, which I think is the correct positioning for him because it's a harder reach for him to go out on Sorelli. So if that's if that is you know the the guy he's going to mark, then Andrew mm-hmm. Cogliano's got to haul ass back to Sorelli, and you know try and make a stick check there and. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, Cogs, I don't know if he was at the end of his shift or what, but it kind of looked like the controller turned off there for a second. <laughs> but what you're going to do? Um, but the Sharks, I think, showed some some good resiliency. And, and we had, um, you know, we had them strike back four minutes and 50 seconds in. Uh, and this is Rudolph Bolsters from Vlasic and Couture. Just a great shot, a point shot from Vlasic, getting it, uh, getting it done with Logan kind of setting it up there on the half boards, and uh, and you know Rudy just sitting there on the on the goal mouth, and he's able to tip that in, and that's yeah. that's Sharks one on one hockey. I mean, that's what they got to do. Yeah, it's a good bang 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 play. Like it's just good passing, good shot, and then you know, and then Bolsters uh, being in the right place to get the tip and. Um, you know, Rudy Balser is the guy, I know that this is going to be something that's been, that's, you know, been talked about a lot. Um, Balser's like, Balser's is a guy where it's kind of like, how does this guy get no power play time? Yeah. When other guys do, right? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. At least they, I mean, he's not good enough for the power play, but he's good enough to start overtime. So, I mean, I guess that's something. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Nicky Bonino there on that second power play unit, and and he's just really not getting it done. Unfortunately, I don't think he's he's got that arsenal in his in his uh, tool chest anymore. I think he's he's just a little bit, uh, I think just a little bit past the the point where you're putting him out on the power play. Um, yeah, and especially if you don't have you know good you know good pieces that are able to drive play besides him, he's kind of more of a complementary piece. Um, but I think, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk kind of now about the, the penalty situation. And up to this point, you know, the penalties had been called evenly throughout that first period. You had uh, mm-hmm. you had one on each side going into that second period. Uh, Tampa took the first uh, penalty. Uh, but then we get to start to see a little bit of one. I think a shark shooting themselves in the foot and they weren't doing themselves any favors by not moving their feet. Yeah. But I also saw some really ticky-tack penalties that I felt we're this far into the season and we're still calling this. Like, okay, you're either not going to call it or you're going to call it. And I Mm -hmm. felt that there was two different standards at play tonight here. And and I think the team in blue, I don't know, man. I, I, I just, it comes to mind, Ian, one question. Okay. Has the San Jose Sharks ever done anything to French Canada? <laughs> I, you know, I've had this pet, I've had this pet theory, you know, and it's it's a lot of the French Canadian refs are. Uh, I don't know. It's like, did we do oh, well, something you know, wrong? I mean, <laughs> and see, and here's the, and here's the thing: like people that have been around for a long time know that I generally don't go off on the refs. Yeah, like as far as like as far as the refs go. I'm usually pretty fair. Like there's, there's been times where other people on the show have definitely gone off the refs and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess, but whatever tonight, fuck the refs, man. Like I can't, I don't understand. Like, and, and we'll get, and we'll get through this as, as we go. But I mean, like there's, there's a couple of things tonight where once we get there, oh my God. 
Yeah, so Alex Kaloran, great segue there. Alex Kaloran would score on the power play, 18.08. And this, what was frustrating about this was the Sharks had just killed the the, the penalty uh, f- because it be- was a really short five on three, 11 seconds left, and they had killed the 11 seconds, but then would score on the ensuing power play uh, that would come up. And that was the call on Logan. And I think we've all seen the refs take a more conservative approach if a team has, let's say, um, a delay a game type of, of, uh, of penalty that's assessed, they normally don't look for another penalty to call on the power play. You know, it's like they don't normally try to shoot the, the team in the foot again while they're already, you know, handicapped. So what I thought was very interesting was they picked a hook on Logan Couture Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this was after both Couture and Perry had been engaging with each other. And so I don't understand why they picked that particular play to call because it looked, it, it looked very, very, it was um, a soft call for call. sure. Uh, the soft hook on Couture exactly. was a soft call. I mean, there was a couple, I'm not, I'm, I'm curious as to where the, the arm went up. Cause when I watched on replay, I think there was a couple of moments where I thought, well, that's softer, or was it this, right? Like, there's a couple things where I'm like, yeah, I guess that's a hook, and oh, that was a hook too, I think, but, you know, I'm, I, I'd like I'd like to know where the arm went up on that one. Yeah, and uh, Grayson, thank you so much for the super chat donation. Uh, $4.99 from Grayson Hendricks. Bro, either it's a tripping call or it's an embellishing call. We'll get it there. shouldn't be we'll both. Uh, love you guys. Keep up the great content. No, appreciate it, dude. Uh, and all, of, of course, all of the... Um, Super Chat donations and the Venmo do- yep. donations go directly back into the show, and uh, we're able to keep the lights on and doing this for you. Um, but getting back to the game, I mean, so that was kind of the harbinger, I think, that really kind of set up that third period because we go into that third period, and the Sharks would then be given a power play. But the way in which they had to get that power play, it was, again, it was kind of ticky tacky from Stamkos I think that there were a there was a trip on hurdle and I think yeah. a, an interference on hurdle that I uh, because Sergachev had laid a check while hurdle was uh, down on the boards in the offensive zone that I thought should have been called before the penalty on Stamkos on Cogliano and we were just seeing that kind of preferential treatment and finally it was had to be something you know just blatant for us to get a you know, to get a call. And uh, the Sharks would score uh, on that power play. Logan Couture, his 14th on the season, Burns and Barabanov uh, with the assist there. And that's just a, you know, a great play um, from there from Logan, you know, with his with his wrist shot. And, um, you know, the Sharks are able to, to tie it up by that point. Um, but having said that, having to get through that third period, the Sharks held on for dear life in the last five minutes. I mean, you can... You can just say that um, Reimer stole a point for the Sharks in this game, and quite frankly, oh, I mean, it's, and that's what's that's been the theme of this of this road trip too is Reimer stealing points. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... I want to talk about the Timo Meyer double minor. All right, let's let's go for it. I think that that I think we kind of skipped over that, and I think that needs to be talked about. Yeah, well, the the double minor is in o- overtime. Um, that was that no, was, no, no. The oh. double minor was during the game. And then oh, there second was period. The... Excuse me, second yes. period. That was the second period. You're absolutely right. Where I think at the end of that second period, Timo was assessed the roughing on Anthony Sorelli, um, 
Yeah. So they're so Timo goes hard into the net. The net. Yeah. And now, okay. So he gets called goaltender interference, and then he gets called for roughing. Right. Now the stupid thing here is right. Okay. Like I could, I could, I could see goaltender interference. I don't think Timo Meyer really had much help crashing into Vasilevsky. He kind of just went hard to the net and went through the goalie. Right. I could see where you'd call a penalty there. And then obviously there's going to be a scrum because you touched the goalie. But like Timo Meyer crashes into Vasilevsky's face down on the ice. And then of course he has to get jumped because he hit the goalie, even though he's face down. Right. So three lightning players jump on him and somehow he gets a roughing call out of that. Yep. Like I can understand if you want us to call goaltender interference and then you want to call a roughing on, on Tampa after Fair trade. I think I, you know, I wouldn't even be on here arguing that. But to call a fucking roughing penalty on a guy who's face down on the fucking ice when three guys jump him, like what in the hell? This is like, it was was it last game where they got an extra minor because the door opened and Vial had to, you know, oh well, the door opened, so you know that's that's two minutes, apparently now. Like right. what in like this is where like the fishing to me like that's where it really that's where the spotlight really starts is it's just like, what are these double minors against the Sharks the last couple of games? Like, I, and again, I can see, I can see goaltender interference. Like, that's fine. If you want to call that goaltender interference, I will give you that. Cause yeah, Timo didn't, it wasn't like, you know, a Tampa player wrote him into the, to the goalie, you know, it was just a hard play to the net. This is, it's going to happen. Sometimes you take a penalty on an offensive play, um, you know, and Timo's trying to look for something to get a goal. So yeah, he crashed into Vasilevsky, goal to interference. Fine. Fine. And I, you know, and some, I, and maybe I'm being generous here because I know a lot of people in my timeline weren't even happy about that call, but I don't know how the Sharks get two penalties out of that. Yeah. But at least like, you know, but I'll give the Sharks credit in, in the other aspect though. Like I got to love Jacob Middleton coming back first game after being out for how long. And, and like he and, was right in the middle of everything, man. Like and he had a lot he's, of jump. He's the new sheriff. Like he, 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 yeah, he had a lot of jump tonight, and and I loved the way he was sticking up for for his teammates. He was he was like uh, you know a dog chomping at the at the bit there because he was just he was engaged. He didn't seem you know because some guys can come back from a concussion and, and kind of be a little mm -hmm. ginger the first couple of games. We didn't see any of that. I mean, he was no man, he, and he was right in the middle of everything. Like he. He went in there and basically anyone who was like even looking at another shark the wrong way, like he was, he was skating around. He's like, okay, who's, who's, who's coming? Yeah. Who wants a piece of the stash? Like, <laughs> um, so, you know, big credit yeah. to Jacob Middleton there after, you know, being out for so long to come in. And, you know, like I said, man, he's the, there's a new sheriff in town. Apparently it's Jacob Middleton. Yeah. So mids, no one wanted any of that. Uh, mids, uh, had a uh, had a 15 minute and 33 second outing tonight uh very good for for his first outing back um and then yeah. i think the other guy we would be remiss to to not talk about is is mario ferraro i mean th that kid it, there's just I, I, what more can you say than just a gutsy gutsy warrior kind of guy i mean yeah. if if this if this kid isn't wearing the c in the next couple of years i'm gonna be kind of kind of disappointed i mean i think I, I know that we all love hurdle and i think i was on team captain hurdle but mm -hmm. if you're looking for a guy to replace a pavelskian like spirit um you know he he could be the the reincarnate so to speak because mar ferrara just he gives everything he gives everything yeah i mean 
the, the current captain's going to be around for a while, though. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that, that I mean, is that, true. that's never mattered in San Jose before. But... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, and, and Ferrara looked fine. Like, uh, 27 had one minutes. little stumble there on the on that one uh the shot where he tried to take there and i was like oh maybe maybe someone shouldn't be in the lineup but i thought you know other than that little misstep which could happen to anyone ice is slippery yeah news you know this just in ice slippery um <laughs> so yeah no i thought i thought it was fine um going on to what you were talking about though with the, the sharks turtling yeah like such a weird like bunch of emotions right because like after the like watching that last eight minutes of the third period like i'm like God, man, like this team, like if this team pulls it out, like great, because, you know, you beat the lightning and two points is two points. But like, man, like if that I'm hoping periods like like stretches of period like that are not a sign of things to come. I understand that Tampa Bay Lightning are really good. I understand that they're the defending Stanley Cup champions back to back. But the amount of turtling in that third period was just like just gross. I mean, and, and I think that that was very reminiscent of last season, right, where the team would just get totally dominated and not look like a cohesive unit. And it and it looked yeah. like the team of last year in that, you know, I think in the last 10 minutes of that game, to be quite honest, because like you could you could see them being probative about halfway through it. And then it kind of just died, just died within, I think, minute 12, the minute 12 marker. And, and it just was all Tampa Bay. You could just see Tampa Bay pressing like, okay, we don't want to, you know, take this to overtime. We want to just get out of here and get this done with and and they put the foot on the on the on the metal. And mm-hmm. um yeah, no, it was it was very impressive to see that display from Tampa. Um but op, you know, Optimus rhymes, dude. <laughs> he, he stands up on his head and uh and he gets the point for the Sharks getting them into the overtime. Yeah. And then you know we're we're two minutes into the overtime and and we just gotta we gotta talk about the embellishment the tripping and the well, embellishment. Let's, let's talk about the delay of game first oh okay well because Pilot like goes in <sighs> yeah. to the net you know doesn't really lose his footing kind of conveniently like he does I, stick I his leg out he sticks that. his yeah, leg like, out yeah i mean the sharks are gonna go two on one the other way but he takes the net off so of course the play has to be blown dead yeah right and that you know th- that should be a delay of game it should be i think that there's in my opinion there's two things procedural things that need to happen i think one we really do need to go to if the net comes off but you have possession of the puck that the game should still continue um I, yeah yeah i i i definitely agree there like that's something that i would like to see too like if you're i agree like if the sharks are the ones that have the puck why why are we blowing that play dead until Tampa takes possession, right? And then the second part of that is they need to be they need to be more mindful of uh, teams doing this, where you've got uh, you know a, a defensive player explicitly trying to take the net off to delay the game, and mm-hmm. the refs have been consistently trigger shy on calling this. And and we've seen it creep up more and more as the as the three on three overtime becomes a little bit more known, a little, you know, there's, there's more 
I guess, data and, and history on how to play a three-on-three. And I would say that the percentages probably favor you there, taking the net off versus having the two-on-one oh, go absolutely. the other way. I mean, it's it's three-on-three is the, the Wild West, man. Like, to a two-on, like, the, the one thing that's awesome about three-on-three when it's not coached to death is that you get these cool odd man rushes and stuff. I mean, the whole idea of going to three-on-three was to end games sooner instead of just five-on-five until a shootout, right? They don't want as many games going to show, which is why they brought in three on three. But I think when you have like situation like that, where, I mean, I don't know, it seemed pretty like even like everybody, the broadcast, like, I, you know, it was pretty timeline, like it's just, it, it was, was just pretty obvious. And again, like yeah. this is, this is coming from a guy. If you've watched this show a long time, I'm a guy doesn't really get on the refs that often. No, I mean, you're very, you're very fair. I think, um, and I think even almost so on the conservative side, where you give them, you like to give the benefit of the doubt. Um, for, for sure, like it's a fast game, right? Like, yeah. and that's the other thing too. It's like, it's a really fast game, and you know, it's it's easy to break something down with the benefit of fifteen angle slow motion replays that are you know at quarter speed. But well, you can see at, the at the leg extension. Speed, you can see really the leg, the the actual leg extension, which is, yeah. be, which I think is to me what separates blatant and and what separates delay of game versus crashing into the net on accident. If you start to see that leg kind of chicken wing up, you know that that should be an automatic. That should be an automatic delay right there. You know the the refs should be looking for that and seeing that that play be yeah. done. Because, again, it, it, I think we're now starting to see that the three-on-three three is the Wild West, but I mm -hmm. think that there are now some strategies towards how do we Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been the, the, a lot of the fun of three-on-three three has been coached <laughs> out of it, which we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, so then we, uh, you know, if that if that didn't make you pissed off about the overtime, well, then this would. Um, Ryan McDonough with a clear trip on Timo Meyer and – Timo is called for embellishment. Yeah, I, 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 um, I wish I could. I don't know how you how you call that embellishment. Like, I ranted about this. I don't know if it was last show or two shows ago. Where so I don't want to like completely rehash that entire rant. But long story short, too many of these plays are called like penalty one way, embellishment the other. Right now, I think. Are there times where you can call both embellishment and a penalty? Yes. Should they be the majority of the time? Absolutely not. It's most of the time it should either be it's a penalty or he dove. Call one or the other. Now, this situation here doesn't even apply. Why? Because he got can opener. He did. He like, did. The dude can opener Timo Meyer. How are, I mean, what? how are you supposed to act? You are, yeah, with that. You get can openered, you're going to the ice. Yeah. It's like a slew foot. Like, you know, it's just one of those dirty ass plays that you see way too often that somebody is going to the ice. There's no there's no not going to the ice in that situation. Right. It's so like how could he in this embellish situation, it? It's yeah. just a fucking penalty. Yeah. There's no embellishment. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the way that I saw it, too. And, and, you know, I know that Timo had been kind of underneath the skin of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, you know, I know that they were going to gonna try and take a little extra liberty. Yeah, on they him. already got him with a double minor. Exactly. Like, what are the refs doing here? Like, you already called a double minor 
on him for a play that he should have gotten two minutes for. And then in this situation, again, it's a can opener. I want to see the play where someone gets can opener and doesn't go down to the ice. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, it, and it was tough. And, uh, and of course, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning would come back and they would score. And uh... Yeah, because and I think the Sharks, it deservedly in this situation, probably lost composure a little bit because I can't imagine, like, being on the ice watching that play and then being like, after after you don't call the delay of game, you call an even, you you call even penalties in that situation. Yeah, and I mean they 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 panned over to Bob Bugner, and uh, boy, I mean he was just completely limit livid, and and uh, if you could lip read, you you saw the obscenities, and and it and it was tough, and and. You know, unfortunately for the team, you know they they got the uh, the losing end of the stick on off of Victor Hedman in that uh, overtime, and uh, that would that would end the game. And uh, unfortunately, you know the Sharks would, um, you know they would get a point, and I think they would. We'd all say they would be lucky to get this point. Um, I wanted to see a little bit more fight in that overtime, but again, like you had said, Ian. You got if if you've already gotten that emotional letdown by like, hey, look, I've clearly clearly transgressions have have been done upon us, and yet you're going to be evening it out. Um, yeah, it, it it just yeah, I think anybody would be frustrated at that point. And you saw James Reimer at the end of that game; he just slapped his stick at on the ice because it was it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Oh for him. yeah, like I feel bad for James Reimer. I felt I felt bad for James Reimer most of this road trip. Like, yeah. um, again, you know, like James Reimer has stole the Sharks' points that you know they probably didn't deserve. Like, it, it's frustrating because of the way the rat, like the way, like if the Sharks, if this, if this overtime gets called cleanly or whatever, and and the Sharks lose in overtime, I don't think I'm annoyed. Like after the way they finished the third period, they fucking deserved it. Yep. But to get jobbed like this, and don't get me wrong, like Tampa's a really good team, right? I'm not saying that, you know, if the Sharks get a power play there, they end the game, but maybe they do. Yeah. To, but, I mean, they got absolutely jobbed in overtime. And it's frustrating because, again, it's like, it's like, yeah, they got jobbed, but at the same time, you they didn't deserve they it ended either. that game. And, yeah. and you're like, but did they deserve the two points? I don't know. Right, right. I don't know. Well, we got, uh, we've got uh, AJ Mannon, the, uh, manning the zoom calls for us and we've got some uh, some quotes coming in uh, this is from brent burns we knew it was going to be a tough trip five in a row against tough teams close to getting two points in a couple of games there just have to grind every night yeah yeah i mean that's we'll come back to that yeah for sure let's get through some quotes and i got some thoughts yeah mario's extremely tough a character guy team guy incredible shape to do that play hard minutes that's mario he's that kind of guy that was brent burns on 27 minutes of ice time for mario ferraro in his return yeah Ryan... how do you not love okay how do you not love mario ferraro yeah Reimer's been great for us. It can't be said enough. Uh, huge saves, but it's about time we have to play every game. So should he laughs. Okay, okay so tongue-in-cheek tongue, tongue in cheek there from Burnsy. But, I, I mean, honestly, though, the, the team has not played commiserate to the level of play that James Reimer has played, right? Yep. And, and uh, that's unfortunate because, like you had said, I mean, this is now James Reimer – doing his part and not James Reimer versus the fucking world. Yeah, man. it really is. And he's not getting any, he's not getting any run support from his, from his boys either. Um, 
and then here we have to start stringing together some wins. We know we need points. <laughs> yeah, I think it might. I mean, they're treading water. They're on life support. <laughs> I couldn't see the embellishment. Oh, they're more than on life. I I think, you know, I and I I've, I've been talking about this this whole road trip, and now it's starting to really sink in. If you go, because if you looked at the standing, like through most of the thing, it's like, oh well, they're in the second wild card space. Things can't be going that bad. I think they're. You know, but now that other teams have started playing again, like they're dropping down the standings pretty quickly, like that mirage is starting to vaporize. Um, and I think people are, you know, if they they wanted to be optimistic, I think they're starting to see the the right, dire the... straits that they're actually in. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, from Logan. I couldn't see the embellishment. I uh, haven't seen the replay yet. I know Timo and the coaches were upset. That's a tough one. Uh, this whole trip was gutsy. We were in every game. Last couple of games could have gone either way. Rhymes was excellent this entire trip, and a lot of guys stepped up for us. Uh, Mario didn't miss a beat. Block shots. What a warrior. I saw him getting the visor on this morning. I thought he was nuts, but that's what leaders are made of. Uh, okay. Last one from Logan. That That's our whole team right now, willing to do whatever it takes. We've been missing the guys throughout the year, and the others have stepped up. It's a tight room. And I think that was kind of echoing also, uh, excuse me, uh, Hurdle's comments uh, earlier mm -hmm. this afternoon, where he just felt more cohesive. Um, actually, one more for Wonder me. what changed. Yeah, right. Rudy's been great since he's come back. This is to our point, you know, Rudy not getting enough power play time. He's had a crazy season right now, but he's all over the puck. So, yeah, I think, again, we're seeing good good stuff from, from Rudy. And, again, I think we're, we're now starting to see um, – I think we're starting to see the writing on the wall, like you had said, and, and I think we're starting to get the clearer picture now. I think what we're we're forty six games in, and and we have a clearer picture on on the team and and where they're going. So with that all being said, Ian, what's the state of the Sharks going into the All Star break? I think look, you come out of this, you come out of the stretch, and we knew this was going to be a rough stretch of games for them. Like no one went into the stretch of games thinking, wow, you know, the Sharks are just going to rip off some wins here and everything's going to be just peachy keen. Um, so I think, you you know, I think they're going to happily put this road trip behind them. Um, they've got a lot of divisional games coming up, right? These are the games like they've they've gotten through this. Now they have to really buckle down and start playing uh, divisional rivals that they haven't done. I think they played what? was it two and two or three and three against the division so far i mean so there's a ton of divisional games coming up that are gonna if you're an optimist make or break the season i think it's just gonna determine how how good of a draft pick the sharks are gonna get in the in in the spring um yeah let's give a little yeah, context on that in just quickly running down the standings yeah. right now vegas sitting number one in the in the pack division with 55 points but anaheim is just right there with 55 points as well vegas has three games in hand so you know i think we can we can mm -hmm. see that vegas is still the upper echelon of the pack division los angeles 46 games played 53 points and this is this is the killer right this is the if you're mm -hmm. if you're a sharks optimist and you're saying okay you know maybe there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel the i just got a newsflash la's lengthening the rope here i mean that's five points already that they're up on us uh, same number of games played calgary uh tied with us in points but they've got six games and six games in hand. i think they're playing right now are they not uh let's yeah they're losing to dallas right now but still i mean 
So if you, even if they lose this game, they're still got five games in hand. And uh, same with Edmonton. Edmonton's one point behind us, but they have five games in hand. One other scary note, Vancouver's still hanging around, and they have 45 games played with 46 points. So yeah, you could dead like the Sharks. But the Sharks in three weeks' time could conceivably fall all the way to seventh. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's the, the Sharks are going to go and hang out with Vancouver and Seattle where they probably sh- would be if things had kind of, if everyone had played normal games. Right. Um, you know, and look at, I, and again, like, I think there's there's things that the Sharks deserve a ton of credit for, right? Um, obviously, moral victories don't help you in the standings, but I think, you know, they've definitely had some moral victories this trip. I, you know, getting the, the goaltending they've gotten from James Reimer, um, I shudder to think how awful this team would be without him. Yeah. Like just how awful, like it's not good. Like, and again, I don't think this is a playoff team. I don't, I think that the window, I, the, like the things that would have to fall into place for them to, to legit, like make the playoffs are, are just astronomically not in their favor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing too, is that, uh, that this team looks like a, a team in kind of retool mode. I mean, it, it, it's it got the hallmarks of being outshot a lot of nights, uh, having to have strong goaltending. Again, um, though, I mean, you look at this. It's easy to say that after this road trip where the teams above them, like the teams they all played are, you know, teams that are either leading their division, close to leading their division, you know, all definite teams that are going to be in the playoffs for sure. Like with a bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's. But it's a like good barometer, though. It's a good barometer to for see sure, where yeah, the team yeah, is I, at. I, absolutely. It's, I, I would agree with that. I mean, it's a good barometer. You can kind of see what this team's made of. And um, I think, and again, I still give the Sharks a lot of credit on this trip, man. They they stole some points. Uh, Reimer, you know, helped them. They've dealt with a ton of injuries this season, and I think they've done okay. But I, I don't feel like, even at full health, like I don't know if I still like this team as constructed. Oh, very, very interesting. Bob Bugner on Balsers playing the power play. When you're off that long, you don't want to overuse a guy. He's on the PK, on Couture's line. Well, I mean, Logan and Hurdle seem to be doing it okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but... Uh, I think he'll be a secondary PP guy, but our second unit has been real good, and you don't want to fix what's not broken. I don't know. Have you looked at Have you looked at Nick Benino's points numbers on the power play? Mm. That's, I'm just I'm just crazy crazy thought crazy thought. But uh, okay, Ian. Well, we kind of know now where the Sharks have kind of stood up. You know, we kind of know a good idea of what the team is at this point. Yeah, and uh, and we've got some big decisions on the horizon. So. I mean, does this change any of your thoughts prior to, you know, to tonight's game? Has has it changed the outlook on where the Sharks should should point the ship, or, you know, the the hurdle resigning or trading or uh, something I, like I, that? I mean, it sucks, right? Because like logically, logically, you trade hurdle for a boatload, right? That's that's the logic. That's that's the that's the brain talking. Yeah. The heart doesn't like that so much. Not going to lie. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the hard thing. I mean, I'm not 
So I'm not going to sit here and like actively root for Hurdle to get moved. I don't want Hurdle to get moved. Although if like he does get moved, then maybe we find, you know, do we, do we, is that finally the shark saying, okay, look, you know, maybe we have to rebuild. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a whole lot of keeping on keeping on. I, it is what it is, man. I don't know. I'm not going to get into a Doug Wilson diatribe right now. There's no point. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, we, we've been painted into the corner, right, that we are. I mean, I think the, the lucky thing is that, that the, you're not sitting on Kane's money. So the money is there. And it's not a question of money now. It's, it's a well, question of— Well, yeah, I of, mean, but you still you got to figure out how that's going to end, right? Because we still don't right. know how that ends. And I think that's a but I don't think there's too. I don't think that there's cap repercussions, though, on on. It Kane. depends on what happens. Right. If they settle, there could be cap repercussions. If some by some fluke Kane wins in the arbitration, then I guarantee there's cap repercussions for that. Like if Kane wins arbitration and the Sharks owe him all that money, there's no way the other owners gonna be like, oh, yeah, the Sharks should totally get a pass there. But he signed another deal. Doesn't matter. It does, that's not how the salary cap works. Right. But uh, like if, but you if, can't if, be if the arbitrator be... finds if. If the arbitrator finds in his favor, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. I think the chances of this happening are very, very slim. But if the arbitrator finds in his favor, then that says that the Sharks should not have terminated his contract, right? Like, we agree on 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 those facts. Yeah. So if that's the case, how do the Sharks get out of that without cap repercussions? If If arbitrator finds in favor of Kane, that means that the Sharks didn't have grounds to terminate his contract. There's no way the sharks get out of that without cap repercussions. There's no way. So, so, but the arbitration ruling would say then that, okay, so this is this is I guess where I'm a little confused because if the sharks terminate his cap, you know, ter- terminated his contract, mm-hmm. he's off the books. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for now, yep, for now. Um, he but he signs filed a grievance a, for that, correct? He's fi- he filed filed a grievance for that, right. correct? So if the arbitrator finds in favor of Kane, doesn't that not that doesn't it, it, it undo the termination, right? No. It just means that the Sharks owe him the remaining money on his deal. Okay. The Sharks owe him forty whatever million dollars. And the contract doesn't kick back in. The contract doesn't kick back in, but the Sharks will owe him the remaining money on his contract. And, and so that's all the remaining money on that contract, that's money in the system, that has cap implications. Now again I want to stress, I feel like the chances of Kane winning his arbitration are incredibly low. I know some people are worried because the NHL didn't find anything in their little investigation to suspend him longer. But I'm not worried about that because my question to that would be, how does a Canadian citizen illegally enter Canada? Right? Yeah. It doesn't like that whole based on what they're saying. That's what they're looking for. I don't know. COVID or no COVID Canadian citizen can enter Canada. So could it be then the sharks terminated the contract on the grounds that he didn't return to the team? That would be my, yeah, that would be my, that would be my, that'd be my assumption. Guesstimation is that he, you know, didn't report for a week, whatever. um, And then violated whatever, you know, he was supposed to do based on the AHL, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I think this is kind of the, the minutia that we're, we're looking through. And, and I think, 
you know, I think like you had said, it does have cap imp- implement. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, I think even if they settled, there'd probably be like if you look at the only the only other thing that we have to look at, of course, is the is what happened with Mike Richards, where there was like a tiny cap implication forever. If they settle, I could see something similar happen. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, but that would be the precedent. So I don't think I would be I don't think expecting that's completely out of bounds or, you know, they you know, and that's and that's if that and that's that would be done before it actually hits the arbitrator or the arbitrator finds in favor of the sharks and then it's done yeah yeah and and i think it i think we should we should note that if it is more has to do with him not reporting i think that that's more open right. and shut that's i don't know i mean like again it's yeah. it's going to be interesting because like we don't have we just know that they said you know ter- breach of contract whatever we don't, unfortunately, like we don't know the details of that, and we won't, and we won't know the details. Likely, um, the only thing we'll know, the only thing we will know because of the, because of his con- uh, ongoing bankruptcy uh, things, is if he settles. Obviously, that money is going to be brought up in the settlement, so we will know what he settled for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. just in the nature, because of the nature of the uh, ongoing creditors, obviously, like it's not like. It's not like he just lost his he lost that contract so the creditors like, you know, won't get access to any future earnings. Like that's not Well that would be the payout of his contract. Yeah, that would be the payout of his contract and all of that money I think wouldn't go to him. I mean, it would go directly to his creditors because that was the the payment plan that he had set up, right? It, it, the sharks were paying creditors directly and not you know, it was bypassing. Yeah, so Sleepy game. asking in the chat like do the sharks get penalized? So I'm I'm assuming Sleepy's question is if if Evander Kane wins, do they get penalized on top of the remaining money on the contract i don't think they would get like a cap penalty on top of it but um i wouldn't be shocked to see evander kane's money like just a certain percentage yeah it's done a certain percentage at least yeah or at least a percentage of it over a longer period of time maybe they don't say okay well guess what you have seven million against your cap for the next i think four years right maybe it's three and a half over you know or eight yeah, three and a half over eight or something. Who knows? Right. But I think, yeah, I, we won't know until it happens. But I, some way by some hook or crook, if if Andrew Kane wins the arbitration, then there's gonna be penalty on the Sharks because if you're another owner, if you're especially if you're another owner in the division, right? Like if you're Dale Katz or you're Bill Foley or you're Philip Anschutz, like you're just gonna let the Sharks get a pass there and get a competitive advantage, like just killing a contract especially if you're philip anschutz the owner of the los angeles kings right well i I would the other guy i mean the the vegas golden knights owner right i mean i think bill foley yeah bill foley he would probably be number one to file a complaint well i'd be philip anschutz maybe because like he obviously with the situation with mike richards and whatnot Um, (laughs) you know what i mean though so like if you're another owner like you don't want the sharks to get a pass there because it's competitive advantage man yeah yeah, he'll do anything to win, and we saw Edmonton, you know, kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of they're going to roll the dice on, uh, excuse the pun, but they're going to roll the dice on Evander Kane, so. Uh, well, it's, it's, it, that's fine, right? Because it's a, what, it's a, we've, we've seen this script a hundred times. Goes to a new place, plays well with others, gets a new contract, doesn't play well with others. We're, we're still on the play well with others, uh, part of the, uh, part of the of this returning cycle. (laughs) 
Well, if you haven't already, uh, please uh, like and subscribe. And uh, and when we're done here, or even if you want to do it now, uh, leave us some comments uh, below the show notes. Uh, it really helps us out. And, uh, yeah. and again, it gets us uh, higher and higher up in those algorithms. <laughs> so, Ian, I think uh, I think we're going to end it up here. Um, I, you know, the Sharks, like I said, nursing the 500 record going into the or NHL 500 going yep. into the All-Star break. Uh, the the future is still as murky as it has been. Um, I mean, what are your final thoughts kind of going into this? And uh, what are you what are you expecting to see out of the All-Star break? Um, I don't know. I'm going to unplug during the All-Star break, I think. I don't know. I'm curious to see how, like, some of these teams do um, having to obviously catch up a bunch of games. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, how some of those teams uh, pan out. It's going to be interesting to see, like, the Sharks are back in two weeks, I think. Like, so it's going to be interesting to see how they look like the whole rest versus rust, uh, argument. We're going to see that in Edmonton. So yeah. Plus Vander Kane will be there. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting game to, to come back to after, uh, after this little break. Oh, well, you know, I mean, you know, that shit's going to fly. Like, I mean, oh yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a mess and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you'll have VL, you'll have Middleton, you'll have Gadjevich, you'll have, who else? I mean, anybody, anybody that can, that can, you know, stand up for for the rest of the team. I think is going to be deployed on that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see what what is going to happen out of this All Star break. And and for me at yeah. least, yeah, for me at least, I think this is a good time for for the boys to rest, recoup, you know, get some of those nagging injuries. Yeah, dear God. Yeah. I mean, and I want to see, I want to see, I, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this and hopefully we don't have any more COVID disruptions because I'm really looking forward to these divisional games. Cause we've kind of been, you know, like I said, six of them so far, like we're in February, like it's about time to finally start seeing some teams that actually play in the same division as us. I mean, we haven't seen so many teams so far. It's ridiculous, the yeah. schedule, but whatever. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season uh, pans out. As frustrated as I am after tonight's game, but hockey's hockey, man. Hockey is hockey. That is for sure. And in case you missed us, check us out across all of the social media platforms. Check out that replay on the Apple Podcasts app, the Google Play Store, of course, on the Rewind here on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn and iHeartRadio, of course, all of that and more at tealtownusa.com. And uh, Ian, uh, why don't we close it out with uh, where the people can find you? Uh, at Ian Blogs Hockey on the Twitter machine. Like I said, I might go a little quiet over the next little bit, but uh, if you message me, if you at me, I'll always respond. All right, and you can find me at Eric Landy, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-D-I, across all of those social media platforms. So... Keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Thanks, everybody, and uh, have a great break.